and welcome to Unleash Your Creative Magic. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. I'm your host, Helen Pfeiffer, a published writer of 17 crime novels, both traditionally and indie published. And I'm here to talk to you about the magic of writing, unleashing your creativity and how to set yourself free from being stuck inside the writer's closet. I'd like to share my journey with you from that initial idea for a book to where I am now and all the very messy stuff in between, the highs, the lows and the fuck me this is impossible moments. I hope that somewhere along the way this podcast might be of some use to you. You might even find some inspiration lurking in here. So grab yourself a coffee and come and join me on the writer's couch as we dive right into living your best creative life. Hi, I'm Helen and this is Unleash Your Creative Magic. I hope you're all having a great week. Are you hot? I'm really hot. So dialogue, hold on and maybe grab yourself a coffee or a tea or in this weather, a large gin and tonic might go down well, while we look into what makes it work and what doesn't. And this week's podcast may be a little bit late because basically, as the Wicked Witch of the West would say, I'm melting and it's been far too hot to record this in my stuffy soundproof bedroom with no windows open or a fan on. But first of all, I've got to mention this. Did you watch the football? If you live in the UK, then it was a major talking point all week. And I'm not into football. I do like a bit of rugby. Well, I like the men with chunky thighs and tight shorts who play the rugby. But that's enough said about that. I did watch the football, though, because they had worked so hard to get to the final. And what a match. I'm no expert, but I thought that England played absolutely brilliant. And I was gutted when they lost. In fact, I was a bit of an emotional wreck for about three days afterwards. Not because they lost but because they played so well and worked so well as a team to get that far, I just wanted to give them all a mum cuddle and tell them I was so proud of them and thank them for their hard work and dedication. But back to the business of writing. How are we doing with our word counts? I mentioned a few weeks ago that I needed to write 6,666 words a week to meet my deadline. And I'm not even going to think about the whole number thing or cue the music from the omen. So this week, my line edits came back for the book due out in October this year. And if you can't keep up with me, don't worry, because sometimes neither can I. At some points, I literally have no idea where I'm up to. So line edits for Hang On, the book has a title and I've completely forgot it. Oh, hang on, no, it's The First Girl to Die or something similar to that. What am I like? It's awful. But I also forget my kids' names on a regular basis, so it's okay. Or is it? This week I haven't met my quarter of word count. I'm currently at around the 13,000 words mark, but I'm still not stressing out because I'm hoping to make it up over the weekend. Oh, actually, it's Sunday night (laughs) and I haven't done any writing. So um, that went out the window. As a rule, I don't generally have a set number of words to write, but I'm trying it a different way, a sort of experiment for this podcast to see if it works better. Pray for Helen, she needs all the help she can get. I'll tell you what I did do the other week. I plotted out a whole different novel in a completely different genre and I honestly can't wait to write that one. I bet you're thinking, Lord, she's always saying that. It's like I said, once you open up that portal or gateway or whatever you want to call it and make a connection with the creative part of your mind, it's a bit like the magic porridge pot. Do you remember that story? 
it literally was never empty. And I think that once you tap into this part of your brain and open it up, then the ideas will just keep on flowing. I have people ask me all the time, where do I get my ideas? And when I tell them I don't know, I swear that I'm not trying to be clever about it or not wanting to share. I'm just telling the truth. I don't know where it comes from. Maybe we're not supposed to and just trust in the magic. What do you think? Have you ever thought about it? Like really tried to think about it? Because I try not to in case it blows my mind. I'm just very grateful that I can tap into it whenever I need to. And plus I love the escape that writing gives me when life is really busy. Although I do have to be thankful that as exciting and hair-raising as my characters' lives are, I'm glad they're not real. Well, they're real enough to me and my readers, but I wouldn't want to be hunting down deadly killers or getting myself into the situations that Annie Graham, Maria Miller, Lucy Harwin, Beth Adams or Morgan Brooks have. These kick-ass women are definitely ready to take on the world. And who was it who said that I should write a book with all of them in it? It might have been the lovely Sophie who delivers my costas to me through the drive through window with the biggest of smiles and the kindest of words. I don't think my nerves could cope with all of them in the same story. I definitely have no fingernails left. Right, let's get into this. I was thinking about what to talk about and realised that we haven't covered dialogue as yet. So here's my take on writing dialogue. Your dialogue can be however long you want it to be, as long as... Here we go again. It's relevant to the story in some way, shape or form. Shorter seems to work better than pages of conversation between your characters, but sometimes it does need to be a little longer. And my take on it is that as long as it's moving the story along or telling your readers something about your characters, then you're good to go. You want to make it as realistic as you can, so it reads as if your characters are talking to each other. And to do this, you could listen to conversations between two people and take notes. But I think you're going to find that there are lots of pauses when people are talking in real life. They talk over each other and there's maybe a few ums or choice words and ums. And they even go off on tangents. Or is that just me? It probably is, to be fair. I have a tendency to drift off when Steve is talking to me. And I usually end up having no idea what he was rambling on about or what I've just agreed to. It's quite a special skill. You don't want your dialogue to be like this in your story and have your reader skipping over that part. And I was thinking um, that for me, the dialogue between the characters is what actually brings the story to life and takes it from, well, a story to one that you're deeply invested in because you get to know the characters and you like them and you want to know more about their lives. What makes you like the characters? Great dialogue. Does that make sense? The dialogue is what moves your story along at a good pace. Morgan Brooks was talking about what she bought for supper at the supermarket on her way home from work. Isn't really bringing anything to the story. That's just small talk with no purpose. When she stopped off at the supermarket, she was talking to someone who might be relevant to the case she's working on. Or it makes the cogs in her brain whir into action after talking to someone. Then that's brilliant, excellent and it's useful. I'm having a bit of to do with some of the bits of dialogue in the current book I've just done my line edits for. I'll explain why. There are two parts of the book where I have characters having a conversation and my editor thinks I should delete them. Actually, she deleted them and I undeleted them. Not because I think I know better. I definitely don't and as a rule I abide by what Emily advises me to do. But this is the fourth book in the series 
and I wanted to convey a little more about Morgan and Declan's characters by having them chatting outside the hospital. I can't say that it moves the story on in any way, shape or form, but what I can say is that it gives my readers a more in-depth look at both Morgan and Declan's characters, their lives, and it's a nice way to fill in a bit of their backstories. I think when a reader has journeyed through three of the books in the series, it's because they are invested in the characters and they want to know more about them, or at least that's the way I see it, and that's how I feel when I'm reading a, a series. Of course, if the copy editor, who is a completely different editor, and a fresh set of eyes puts bold red lines through it and asks in the comments box, what's the point of this? Then I'll know that I'm going to hit that delete button. And that lovely little conversation is about to go into the lost world of the best paragraphs I ever did write, never to be found again. If I'm particularly fond of a piece of writing that my editors have said, what the fuck were you thinking here? I'll copy and paste it onto a document for that book called Cut Bits. How technical and writerly is that, I hear you ask. But I always think that one day I'll go back to that file and use those swathes of literary prose I worked so hard to create. I don't. I can't remember one instance where I actually went back and used it in another story, which is quite sad, but also a complete waste of time. But like I keep saying, you can recycle stuff at a later date if you have a much better memory than me. You can use your dialogue to enhance your characters so that your readers can really see what they're like. And it's a great way to convey what your character is like without actually telling. You need to really understand your characters to be able to write authentic dialogue between them. I know that Morgan is a tattooed goth girl, bit of a loner who isn't afraid to stand up for anyone to help solve crimes and bring criminals to justice. Ben is a widowed, kind man who wants to catch the bad guys and is still feeling guilty over his wife's death. Amy is a sarcastic, loyal, funny detective and I find her dialogue such good fun to write, partly because there is a real-life Amy who she's based on and her conversations flow really easy because I picture her in my mind whenever I'm writing about her. In The Killer's Girl, Ben tells Morgan, I like how you have a pair of Dr Martins for every occasion. In my mind, Morgan is a goth girl at heart. And she's much younger than Ben, so I'm hoping that this conveys that message to my readers. And conflict is great when it's played out through dialogue. It's far more interesting to read the actual conversation of two people having an argument than it is to be told Ben and Morgan argued. Stephen King is a master at dialogue and he has me chuckling aloud to myself at points and he also has me backing into a corner with complete and utter fear Go and check out some of his dialogue if you have any of his books laying around. And this is where you get to have fun. You get to choose what your character's going to say and how they're going to say it. And not all conversations are polite and fun. Bringing that conflict, because not everybody gets along in a happy, clappy way, so your characters shouldn't either. Margaret and Ben work with each other and they're very close, almost too close. Or as my readers would tell you, they're not close enough. I had an email a while back from a reader in the US who said, could I please make them get it on because she's in her 70s and doesn't want to waste a moment of time. But they disagree, argue and get angry with each other. In fact, Morgan finds herself pissed with Ben a few times in this next book. And there's also a fair bit of banter between the characters because they are a small team working in a relatively busy police station. Here's an example. Morgan has gone to work and Ben's office is empty. 
I could have written that Ben's office was empty, so Morgan decided to go grab a coffee. That's okay, but by adding some dialogue, it shows the characters talking amongst themselves and showing how the dynamics of their relationship work, or at least I hope it does. Where's the boss? No idea. I thought he might have been with you. Amy grinned at her and she shook her head. Why would he be with me? Because he left the pub with you last night. I thought you might have been consoling him over getting that question wrong about what year did England rugby win the World Cup. He looked pretty devastated about it. He looked pretty drunk, more like it. No, I didn't go home with him. I dropped him off at his house, though. Do you think he's okay? Morgan's phone began to vibrate in her pocket and she pulled it out to see Ben's name flashing across the screen. Morning, are you having a day off? No, I slept in. My alarm never went off. I'll be in soon. No worries, do you need a lift? That's what I was phoning for. I left my car at the pub. Right, well, I'll come and get you, but you can buy the coffees. She hung up and Amy smiled. I'll have a hazelnut latte and Des will have a semi-skimmed giraffe milk skinny cappuccino. Des glared at her. Sod off, Amy. I told you I'm not vegan. I'm not even vegetarian now. I'll have a normal cappuccino, please, Morgan. Now, what I'm hoping my readers are going to get from this is Amy's character is fun, cheeky and sarcastic. I'm also hinting that everyone in the book thinks Morgan and Ben should be an item, which is agreeing with my readers so they get a degree of satisfaction from it. Morgan is concerned about Ben, but not afraid to stand up to him despite him being her boss. She tells him he's buying the coffees in exchange for her picking him up. And poor Des is a constant source of amusement to Amy with his dietary choices. There is little more fun than Morgan seeing Ben's empty office and going for a coffee. Or I should say this is a little more fun. <laughs> Dialogue is a great way of injecting some action into your story by making your characters show rather than tell. So what about dialogue or speech tags? What are these, you might be asking? These are the words like Morgan said, spoke, whispered, shouted, asked. I'm going for coffee, Morgan said. Where? Amy asked. The coffee shop. Would you like anything? Morgan asked. Yes, please, a hazelnut latte, Amy said. Can you imagine if you put those words in after every bit of speech? It would drive me mad, never mind my readers. So use them sparingly. In fact, I try not to use them unless there are a few characters speaking and it's not clear who is saying what. I'm going for coffee. Where? The coffee shop. Would you like anything? Yes, please. A hazelnut latte. Amy began rooting around in her drawer for some loose change to give to Morgan. Now that's a poor example. I'm going to blame the heat because my brain is completely frazzled. But you get the drift. It is possible to have dialogue between your characters without all the he said, she said after each sentence. And don't forget, your readers are clever and are probably figuring it all out faster than you've written it anyway. So here are some tips to help with your dialogue. 1. Read your favourite books. Pick out the parts where the dialogue is flowing and think about why this is your favourite book. What is it about it, this, about this particular story that makes you want to read it over and over? Odds are you'll find it's the character's conversations that have given you a real soft spot for the character you're reading about. You could try to write out dialogue that's relevant to your story in a similar style. Not that I'm saying go on, to go and plagiarise the pages of Harry Potter, because what would be the fun in that? 
But what I'm saying is that sometimes practice really does make perfect and this is one way you could practice. By including some kind of conflict between your characters, it will keep the story interesting. And after all, we all love a good argument. Number three, use the dialogue to show the readers what they're feeling, what's going on in their lives that needs sorting out, whether it's a relationship breaking down, a serial killer on the prowl for his next victim, or how much in love your characters are with each other and so on. Number four, I think it helps to keep the dialogue relevant and you can do this by asking yourself, what does this dialogue contribute to the story? For me, it's reader satisfaction. They are getting to know more and more about the lives of Ben, Morgan and Declan, which takes them onto a deeper level of connecting to them. So that's it, my brief and hopefully relevant take on dialogue. And I hope you've found something useful in there to help you with your writing, no matter what stage you're at. And it goes without saying, have a great week, take care of yourself, wear your sun cream, drink lots of water, enjoy the sun, but most of all, get writing. If you'd like to check out my credentials to see if I know what I'm talking about, then head over to my Amazon page. And if you'd like to join a community of like-minded creatives, then head over to the Unleash Your Creative Magic Facebook group. I'll paste the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I honestly can't wait to speak to you in the next episode, where I'll dive into the process of how I wrote my first book. Until next time, take care.